Listen to the Rewinding Minute with Leon. The following episode is commercial-free, courtesy of the listener support contributions to the Rewinding Minute. Please consider contributing to the podcast to help us remain commercial-free. Thank you for tuning in to episode 10 of the Rewinding Minute. I'm your host, Leon, and I'm joined by special guest, Jen Holonia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, I think the viewers and listeners will definitely have a great time, you know, hearing about what we're going to discuss. I think some of your interests and your passions are different from the other guests. Um, obviously, each guest has brings a different item to the table. But um, we're going to head into the realm of student-athlete and, you know, passion for sports and, and even teaching as a career. So before we begin... Um, we, we go to the same college, so uh, what made you choose, you know, St. Joseph's College over any other college um, that was in your choice of list? Yeah, so pretty much um, going through the college uh, process in high school, I didn't really have a lot of guidance. A lot of it was kind of on my own. So I knew that I wanted to teach, preferably on Long Island, and I figured the best way and more maybe more mature way was to stay at home um, financially too I'm the oldest of four kids so for my family you know not having to pay for dorm expenses it was really you know helpful for them to know that I would still be able to come home at night and obviously it would help with expenses but when I was looking at schools for teaching because um, I want to be an English teacher St. Joe's has a great rep for you know, teaching any school I've done observations at, as soon as you tell them the college you're from, they immediately you know smile to their face and goes, "Oh wow, like that's a great school." And you know I don't take that lightly. You don't have to say that to me. I think you know honestly, a lot of the students and the faculty have really shown that this school does have a great reputation. So that was definitely a giant factor for my you know final choice for a college. I did visit a couple of other schools um, across the island. I looked at Malloy, I looked at Long Island University, and I also considered Cortland, which is upstate. That was like my one random, like, let's, <laughs> let's try a school if I went away. But there's something about St. Joe's when I went to the open house and everything that I just figured it had this homey feel to it. And I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. There's a reason you choose, you know, a path in life. and that you're maybe called or drawn to a certain path. And, you know, the other big part, aside from the school having the major I wanted uh, to pursue, is I really do love sports. And at the end of the day, that is probably, like, the most, uh, like the biggest part about my um, personality. And, you know, if many people think about me, I think maybe running comes to mind. And I thought, you know, I wanted to still compete in college. I knew that would add a new dimension to everything, but I figured, you know, it was something I wanted to do, and St. Joe's had track and field teams, so that was the other big reason that I felt I wanted to go to the college. Okay, so, well, that's that's a lot you just said, so uh, <laughs> let's just rewind it back and turn it a little bit back. Uh, so you said you, you're the oldest of four. Yes. Um, how does that like being, you know, the big sister, the, the oldest child? In, in the family like what's your what are your siblings like are they similar to you like do they have the same uh aspirations or are they everyone's doing different things because I know every family has different you know uh makeups but are your siblings 
you know, are you close with your siblings or are they kind of just, you know, doing their own thing? Of course. So age-wise, we're all really close. Um, my siblings are triplets. So oh, wow. Okay. They are two years younger than me, but, you know, four of us in two years, my parents are, you know, saints. <laughs> the, yeah. Raising everybody and stuff. But um, I think that growing up, being the oldest, I kind of took on a role of, I wanted to set a positive example and kind of be like a role model. Whether or not my siblings wanted to follow my interests or anything, I wanted to be that person that was doing the right thing and showing that if you did the right thing, you know, good things would come back to you. Right. So that was always kind of been in the back of my mind, you know, maybe to act a little more mature than I've wanted to at some times, but I always try to think about others before myself and the impact that you might um, give to them or cause for them to have. But I have a brother and two sisters. Um, we have a lot of similarities, but we also have a lot of differences. <laughs> but um, one of my sisters in particular uh, runs track and field. Uh, she goes to LIU Post. So we tend to look the most alike and funny enough people actually say oh are you twins <laughs> and we say no but she's actually a triplet and that's just the whole you know mind. Whole story yeah exactly yeah. so interest wise we probably on paper seem the most similar but all my siblings and I've always had a lot of similarities um and we all you know get along a lot of the times you know I'm a very you know non-conflict person I like hmm. to just kind of relax and be chill but you know it's it's a nice group and a nice family background you know I really am close and from in many ways I grew up with you know three best friends kind of consistently being right. there for me so that was always you know in the back of my mind to like want to make them proud and to you know maybe even inspire them through whatever I was doing you know kind of like uh someone that you're someone that they you know they look up to and you kind of look out for them uh, so let's let's talk about sports because you, you mentioned that you know your your track athlete your sister is a track athlete but was track your first love or was that something that you developed over time? Oh yes. Yeah. So um, growing up, I was a soccer player. I played soccer since I was seven years old, and I played all the way up until my senior year of high school. And I actually, for you know, three quarters of my senior year of high school I told myself I'm going to play soccer in college I'm you know I want to be a soccer player I had run track since I was in seventh grade so I've ran since I was 12 13 years old but um it wasn't until midway through my senior year that I had this change in both a mindset and a love for a different sport you know I had I will always love the game of soccer but I kind of got to a point where I didn't know if I wanted to maybe continue it. I was enjoying more of the challenge from track and field, and I tend to really love the camaraderie, you know, between your teammates, whether it's on a relay team or you're just your team as a whole right. from your coaches. It was a whole new, you know, challenge with all the races and learning different things that you could do with the sport that I just shifted. And when I went to the... I think it was like the accepted students day mm. for St. Joe's. They usually have this giant like fair right. in the Danzy Center and it's all the majors and different clubs and athletics. 
So I remember walking up to the coaches, um, my coach at the time, Coach Perry. I shook his hand, and I was like, oh, like, when are tryouts for the team? And he just looked at me and said, you're on the team. And, you know, I still remember the feeling, and I remember I was like, all right, like, doing a college sport. And I was ready, you know, that was the drive, and that was, you know, the first step, and really, like, the biggest involvement I have on campus here is through my athletics, so that was the beginning, you know, it, it was a, a bumpy road, I actually almost quit my sophomore year, but I found this new love for the sport, and it's just skyrocketed ever since. So... What what positions did you play in soccer? Did you play a specific position, or were you like versatile and played multiple positions? Uh, yeah, I was a forward for the most part. They'd use my my speedy legs and hmm. kick the ball as far as they could and have me chase it down. But I tended to sometimes play uh, like a outside wing, so like a outside midfielder. Um, because endurance too, you could kind of go back right. and forth, up and down the field for that. Was um playing you know college athletics at all your choices or was St. Joe's really the one that stuck out to you did you plan on playing uh at a college level despite you know what college you ended up attending or was that something uh that you had to think about first I knew it was always something I wanted to do you know I I wanted to say like oh I played a college sport you know not just to like you know make it a different category that it's something you did compared to other people in college but it was just something I felt you know would be cool and I love athletics you know whether it's baseball football you know almost anything on tv I could throw on sports related and I will watch it and enjoy it and try to learn more about it but um you know for a little while I didn't know what sport I wanted to do I knew that two sports would be too much because your academics are very important in college but I knew it was something I wanted to do and as I was beginning to love running more and more I thought to myself you know I really think I want to run you know I had visited Malloy College and right. I considered maybe trying rugby out but you know once I kind of realized I was going to go to St. Joe's and I kind of honed in, you know, this is going to be life for the next four years. I said to myself, you know, I still want to be running then. You know, I still want to challenge myself. I still want to grow as an right. athlete from a running aspect. So <laughs> that's when I just shifted and I knew, like, that's what I wanted to do. So, you know, uh, let's, let's talk about, like, your events. Like, what mm-hmm. events do you run and what events do you do? And um, has that changed over time or has, it, has that stayed consistent? It has. So my, well, my favorite and main event is the 400 meter dash, which is equivalent to one lap around the track. I've ran that since I was in seventh grade. It is a love-hate relationship <laughs> because you're sprinting, <laughs> but you know, you can't go out too fast right. or too slow because it's a quick race. Right. But, uh, and I was always just, you know, a 400 meter runner in high school I would do the 4x4 relay so 4x400 meters and then I got to college and the size of my team was much different than in high school we were a much smaller team and my coach was very um, into you know just kind of throwing you into events so all of a sudden I was running 200 meter dashes and I did the 4x1 which is with you know your traditional you've seen it at the Olympics you know 
each four people running 100 meters. But as I went into my sophomore year, I took up long jumping and my junior year, so last year, I tried out the 400 meter hurdles, which is the same 400 meters, but now with 10 hurdles in your way. And that is my favorite event. It is insane, but it's so much fun. And I love learning about it. Definitely. And it's so cool. I love that event. <laughs> so, you know, just to make a, make a side note, you know, I, I know a bunch of people that, you know, did track or another sport in high school, but then when they went to college, they ended up doing sports that were not in the same, you know, area. Like you mentioned rugby. Um, I know a few people that went from track and soccer to rugby um, with those, you know, bigger colleges across the country. Um, and then you have other people that play kind of more niche sports or club sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, what for those of you that are listening that are like big into track and into stats, like what are some of your personal best, your PRs, and um, have they gotten better each year or have they kind of, you know, leveled out? What's your um, stance on the events? Uh, well, like a lot of people think, you know, oh, you're just going to get faster and faster and faster. And yes, that does come over time. The track is a mental sport. Um, obviously, you do have to be in physical shape, but if your mind is not there for the day, you're not going to run to your best. And that comes right. from anywhere from maybe a lifting workout in the gym, or if you're doing a track workout, or if you're at a race, if you're telling yourself, I don't feel like doing this, you're not going to run as fast as you can. Right. So, you know, I look at track a lot like life. You're going to have some days where you just don't want to get up, but... Yeah. You know, you're also going to have those days where everything works out perfectly and yeah. you just, you're smiling and you're just happy and, you know, you have those victories. Right. And it's important to realize that it's a balance and no matter what, it's a learning experience. So for me, you know, um, I think I'm drawn to the 400 meter dash for so long right. because my goal is to run the race in under a minute. I'm very close. I've hit like 60 point. So I'm trying to hit that 59 second mark. Okay. So you're you're getting very close to you know you know uh, under 60 or you know on 60. Yeah. Um, has that you know been a difficult time to to slash? Have other events been easier to slash off time, or what's your stance on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, that race, you know, has challenged me throughout my whole you know running career. Right. Just in the sense that. To run that time, you have to pretty much tell yourself, when I finish this race, I'm going to, like, collapse off the right. track. You know, but it's also a learning process. You know, I've also ran, you know, very close to the time, and so, like, oh, man, I feel great. Right. So, a lot of times it can depend on conditions and everything, but from my other events, like um, the 200-meter dash, I tend to really enjoy a lot. From my high school time to my college times now, I've slashed off a couple seconds. Okay, That's all from, like, you know your form, your start, your conditioning, your speed. For that race, it's different than the 400. You have to get out and, you know, stay out as fast as you can. So that comes from, you know, proper form coming out of the blocks that the runners start in. You know, if you pop up right away, it's going to be really hard to make up that time. But if you kind of stay in your drive phase a little more and work off the curve, you're going to, you know, prepare and position yourself to have better, you know acceleration towards right. the end and speed and it will help you know you get into a rhythm more right. or less for the 400 hurdles i started last year so 
for me, like, I love learning that event because I'm seeing the results rather quick. Right. You know, as you work on the hurdle form, I already have the 400, you know, mentality. Right. So, you know, I haven't ran the race as much on paper, but, you know, uh, you know, it's been cool to see the positive results because yeah. I have been able to take the time off quicker right. because I kind of understand, okay... I need to go out a little harder right. or, you know, I jumped over the hurdle way too high and right. that's going to cause me to kind of drift in the air. So there's a lot of learning, um, you know, there's a lot of different techniques and a lot of different, you know, things to factor in. Uh, so like, what, what's your training like during off season, during the actual season and during, you know, times where you don't have to think about, you know, track and preparation, like how do you, what's your routine, what's your method, like do you train by yourself you have you know running partners like what's what's your you know method of choice yeah so um recently within like the past year or so of taking um off-season training a lot um more seriously uh one of my really good friends who helps coach me in the off-season he'll send me like workouts and stuff right. so i always you know feel it's nice to get the workouts from somebody else because yep. it's their own thinking of what you know, of how they can help you get better right you know, it's it's hard to tell yourself, I'm going to run this workout. It's going to be really hard. Exactly. I like to get it from somebody else because I feel like I can't let them down. Right. So from usually like end of August until early November, I get workouts from my friend. He'll right. email them to me every now and then. And a lot of it's like weight room training. You know, as a sprinter, part of your acceleration and your speed comes from your muscles, your fast twitch muscles. Right. So having you know your strong legs and keeping your arms strong and working on your breathing and right. having and developing a strong core will benefit you in the season because once you're in season you can still lift but you can't really lift for like your personal bests right. because it's going to kill your legs if you have like a couple of workouts throughout the week but it's more meant to kind of maintain and condition yourself right. so that's what i do Jesse, and then our season goes from november all the way until mid-may right. it can be if you make you know finals and different um championship meets so from then it's just staying healthy you know listening to my coach coach morris he um helps me out a lot he ha has our workouts for us it's a little different because he won't tell us our workout until the day of so definitely getting your mentality ready for whatever can be thrown at you at practice but i try to lift you know anywhere three to four times a week you know do a couple of upper body days a couple of lower body days and um, keep my muscles intact and then in the summertime like off technically my off season yeah. a lot of times I still have to run it's kind of in me I don't like to take a break it's important to take a break but this past summer I did compete all the way into July because wow. I run with a club team okay so they're based out of I want to say it's Farmingville um, called We Are Athletes Racing Team. And it's just a bunch of my buddies, you know, a few of them have run from St. Joe's or St. Joe's alumni. Right. A couple of them run on the team, you know, a couple of them are just based in the New York area. And we'll go out to um, Icon Stadium, which is off of Randall's Island in the city. And we'll run a couple of meets here right. or there. It's more meant for, you know, fun. And yeah. if you want to, like, you know, keep on going a little more. But that's more, you know... The off season's meant to, you know, do more long run based stuff, 
you don't want to necessarily work up your speed too much because you don't want to kill your body. Okay. So if you, you know, focus on weight room training and core, you know, here or there, take the time off as well. And I'll do more long runs or stuff like that here or there. That's how I kind of treat the off season. I can't really like stop because right. it's just in me, but I'm not looking to push myself. You're not trying to break any records then. Right. So, you know, in addition to the physical and mental aspect of your, you know, training, you know, during and off, uh, what's, what's uh, nutrition and diet like and how does that factor into the overall uh, composition of what you're trying to put together? Yeah, so biggest thing is just I drink so much water throughout the day. That is the most important thing to do. I mean, of course, like, I love Dr. Pepper. Like, <laughs> you know, sweet tea is really good, too, but in moderation. I try to just chug the water because I've had a couple times where I have been dehydrated, you know, after a workout, especially in the summertime, and it's not good. You don't want to hurt your muscles because right. that's when you're going to pull something or, you know, do more harm than good. But it's really important to eat fruits and to make sure that you're eating meals throughout the day. Right. You know, I'm not the best example. Um, unfortunately, I do work at Chick-fil-A. So <laughs> in the summertime when I'm working, you know, I'll tend to munch on stuff here or there on <laughs> my break. But like I said, anything in moderation, you have one life to live. So you definitely have to enjoy exactly. yourself. But, you know, I tend to, you know, look towards more fruit, granola. Um, you know, salads are really good, too. You can put a lot of like protein-based stuff, like grilled chicken. I can eat like almost with any meal. You know, even rice is good too. You know, if you create a, I'm not, I'm gonna say like a schedule. Right. It kind of helps you like stay in a rhythm and stuff. So how does that go along with rest days? What's your ideal rest time in between? You know, workouts or you know practices. I mean, uh, has you know more rest benefit you less rest like what what uh, kind of makes you know rest days and recovery efficient i think that the biggest thing is you know your body so if something doesn't feel right it's for a reason right you know you have to know your limits like last um year during the school season i had a bit of a knee issue for a couple of months where okay. from long jump i was just kind of when you're driving off of your one knee at the end for the board that knee was just starting to kind of get a little too much pressure on it so I had to switch my leg that I jumped off of and I made sure that I went to the trainers every day they would do like um an ice cup and like kind of massage it out I did a lot of ice baths too which in the long run helped because pools were never too cold for me in the summer (laughs) because of the freezing cold water but stuff like that you know it's it's so important to um be proactive okay so stretching is so important especially for a hurdler you know you can't just say all right i'm gonna throw the hurdles out like it takes time to warm up still to say even if i go into the weight room for a workout i usually run on the treadmill i get off and i do like dynamic stretches back and forth in the gym and i probably look really silly but (laughs) you know i am not trying to pull anything because i have these big goals and dreams in the future (laughs) that involve athletics so i'm trying to just keep myself really healthy but you know if you go home and you watch tv at night it's okay to like sit on the floor and stretch a little bit if something was bothering you from the day definitely get an ice bag and you know rub like where your knee or your legs hurting don't just leave it in one area because it's not really going to help it but it's important to just kind of keep um the blood flowing so that's the biggest thing you know 
make sure that you're taking the proper precaution. Right. If you cool down, you know, cool down after a workout or a run, you know, take the time to stretch. Right. That will help you. So, talk about, you know, injuries and preparations. What, you know, to this day has been your biggest setback in um, your, you know, running career? Like, has it been a physical setback, a mental setback, or just, uh, you know, like a environmental setback? Like, what has really plagued you from, you know, peaking or reaching, you know, your, your times? A lot of it is mental game. You know, it's sometimes you're going to have days where as excited as you are to run right. I really like have gotten to the point where like a race day I'm like here we go to kind of get yourself to dig in and find that extra step or that extra you know gear Right. even if you have it mentally you have to work it together mentally and physically mm-hmm. so you know in a race sometimes you want to let up a little bit and tell yourself alright like you're still going right. pretty quick but to tell yourself and, you know, force yourself, like, no, you're not going fast enough. Right. It's a whole different gear. I don't really think I've learned that yet. I'm still in the process of learning that and trying to, like, figure that out for myself. But I think I've gotten a lot better since I first started college to where I am now. You know, other than that, I've been very blessed to not have many setbacks, you know, knock wood. Knock on wood. Um, emotionally, physically, um... I've been very, you know, fortunate, and I credit a lot of that to the people around me, the motivation they display, but, you know, like I said before, with even, like, the knee thing, like, I watched my sister go through a knee injury this past year, and I helped her recover in the summer a little bit, and I was at the track meet when I watched her knee buckle, like, it was really hard to see, but I, you know, try to, like, tell her, like, you're so strong, like, just keep finding that drive in yourself and from watching that I make sure with my knees especially I'm very careful with everything because I don't want that to happen you know to anybody but you know for yourself you never want to see yourself get hurt exactly um just kind of compare you know Jen's experience with um on episode eight we had Michael uh Mike DeGuilme who's a tricker and if you haven't checked that out tricking is a combination of martial arts and uh gymnastics um he's he's talked about you know tournament this is torn meniscus he's talked about his hamstrings he's talked about a fractured back um but similar to you he didn't talk about a mental aspect for him it was all physical um he didn't really as much as he was getting injured and you know uh people wanted him to stop he still wanted the trick as much as he want he could um and uh yeah so like with your experience as a runner like your mentality is you know stronger than those setbacks that might come into play um but uh so we talked about events we talked about you know your your running career um what do you feel like is your biggest accomplishment so far and what uh you know uh venues have you ran in um i know you know a lot of runners run at the armory uh if you get lucky you get to go with pen relays um are those places have you gone or are you planning to try to reach those you know uh venues yeah, um, it's funny you bring up uh, the pen relays. I went there my freshman year of college, and that was probably the coolest meet in the world. For anyone that's ever gone to the pen relays, it kind of feels like a mini Olympics. Because not only are there teams from other countries there right. that speak different languages, but just the whole setup in the stadium, it feels like, you know, 
you're there, like you're competing in track right. and field, and it's very professional. Even the way that they line you up and you follow like a lady or a gentleman with right. a flag, and it's all very organized. And I remember being in awe, just looking around, being like, "Wow, you know, <laughs> I'm here, I made it." Yeah, huh? I'm, I'm like, it was coolest experience, and I definitely right. want to go back there. I've been trying for the past couple of years, but sometimes with times and teams and numbers, right. scheduling, it's difficult. It's a prestigious meet, so you want to go there and you want to show, you know, you want to show them up. You want to compete and show people why you're worthy to go there. But aside from Penn, I've been to um, indoor meets. We compete at the Ocean Breeze Complex, which is believe in Staten Island okay um, I've gone there so many times like every year it's one of the nicest tracks you'll go to right because it's banked so mm. banked means for those of you who might not know it's position where the sides like the curbs on the track are raised so instead of it being flat both um, turns on the track are raised up so as you're running off of a curve, it helps with your speed. Mm. And you can kind of pick up speed as right. you're coming off that first curve. Gotcha. And the Armory is designed the same way. That is another really cool track. The Armory is beautiful and the atmosphere. I love the music there too. And the <laughs> announcer is just the best. Um, so I've been to the Armory. I've been to Ocean Breeze a lot. Right. Other than that, um, our conference at St. Joseph's is in the NJAC conference, which is the New Jersey Athletic Conference. Okay. So a lot of our meets are based out of state. Mm. Um, I've traveled to Yale. I've been to Yale's track, um, which is in Connecticut. How was that? That was cool. It was uh, interesting because it's right next to this giant graveyard. So it's kind okay. of like a spooky <laughs> for Halloween. Because right. it's now October, right? So, But um, I remember it was really cold in there. Oh. It was very chilly because we went there in January. But again, a really cool track. And it's another experience. Um, you know, another uh, territory you get to like race right. in. I have also been to East Stroudsburg's track, which is in Pennsylvania. And that track was interesting because the bleachers and everything were in the middle and the track was on the outside. Oh, wow. So okay. you kind of felt like you were in a tunnel at some parts. And I went there my freshman and my sophomore year. And that was kind of a cool feeling because it made the track feel a lot smaller. Right. So mentally for an athlete, it's like, oh, this doesn't feel like it's <laughs> long, which I appreciated. But um, outdoor meets-wise, we have been to... Um, last year I went to a meet at Johns Hopkins University um, in Baltimore, Maryland. And that was a really nice track. Um, Aside from that, I've been to a bunch of tracks in New Jersey through like Stockton University, Ramapo, um, Rowan, TCNJ, and um, I have been to a few tracks on Long Island. We had our Skyline Conference meet at Farmingdale State College okay. last year, so I was at that track. And we also have a beautiful track for St. <laughs> Joe's, which is right off of like one exit off of Sunrise from here on campus, and that's where I train. All you know, for the most part, a good chunk of the year I'm there. I mean, Long Island has so many tracks right. that in the off season I've traveled to numerous tracks. You know, whether it's working out alone or it's with some of my um, friends. So I kind of you know I like that aspect where I think a goal of mine in the future is to hit every track on Long Island just okay, to kind of keep track. Literally, no pun intended. <laughs> and um, 
but yeah, we've been to a fair amount. I would like to still travel to more, but for now, it's been really cool. So we talked about, you know, your past, your present. Um, what is track and field, you know, uh, what's the forecast for your future in terms of when you're, when you're finished with St. Joe's and, you know, college? Are you planning to get a master's or are you planning to run, you know, professionally? What, what's the deal? So... Uh, I am a senior at St. Joe's, and I plan on graduating next spring, 2019, with my undergrad in English Adolescent Education. I am a member of the five-year program here for my master's in special ed, so the following year, 2020, I will finish my degree and I will have my master's in special ed. So academically, I'm looking to eventually teach. Um, right now I'm doing some observations right. at um, Robert Moses Middle School, which is through the North Babylon School District, okay. and I'm loving it. So <laughs> I'm hoping maybe, you know, if, if it's meant to be, I might end up somewhere around there. Okay. But um, the next step will look, um, be to, you know, land hopefully a substitute position right. and then eventually maybe a permanent sub and then a full-time teacher. Right. But I do love my athletics yeah. and I am don't plan on giving that up anytime <laughs> soon if you've ever seen those videos of like those old ladies running like the 100 or the right. 55 like that's what I strive to be in life eventually you yeah. know I don't think I will ever give up running ever and the cool thing about the club team I have is a lot of people there's a giant age range there's some kids kids you know some people that are just finished college or just in college right. you know a lot of people in their mid-20s and then even some older folks that still run right. competitively and I think that's something that I definitely want to involve myself in but I also this past summer did um, this tryout up in Lake Placid for the, the uh, United States bobsled and skeleton team oh, okay. so that is something that I'm very hungry for and very yeah. driven for so I am training for that and that's what that will be the next step hopefully right. to kind of you know there's a competition I'm looking to apply for next year when I, you know, finish my eligibility up here for track and field in college. Right. And then I'm looking to just kind of train for that because a lot of people with a track and field background tend to gravitate towards that. Right. So that would be the next goal. If, if I could have, you know, have my uh, hmm. perfect world, I would be a teacher and a skeleton and athlete. And, you know, I'm not even going to say if, I'm going to say when, because I'm very driven and motivated that's going to happen in my life. Or at least, you know, I pray that it will. So that's, you know, the goal for athletic-wise. Right. I loved going up there and experiencing that. And it's a six-hour drive for anyone that's wondering from Long Island. So I had a lot of time <laughs> to think about it on my way back. And I just realized for the first time in my life that's what I wanted. So... Just to kind of, you know, feed off of what you said about, you know, a skeleton. Um, for those of you that don't follow, like, the Olympics or, you know, the Winter Games, uh, there, is a, there is a person from Long Island who's on the skeleton, right? John Daly. So, um, it's, not, it's not a very, you know, it's a very plausible and a very possible goal, um, mm-hmm. especially with your work ethic and your background in, in athletics. So, um, is, well, there's another, ath- there's a very... F- popular athlete who's in skeleton or is that bobsled is that it's like a female um, lolo jones who yes. is a sprinter she also did bobsled i believe right. don't quote me but i think she was gotcha. did bobsled. yeah i remember seeing something about that but yeah. she had trouble qualifying <laughs> and you know making it yeah. uh but okay so 
we're, we're talking about we're on the subject of sports. Um, what? Why? Why are you a New Orleans Saints fan? What? What was? What's the background behind all of that? My my wonderful New Orleans Saints. Yes, I. So I love football. I've watched right. football and baseball. Credit my dad for getting me into sports when I was little. Right. Because um, we'd have it on TV on Sundays after church, you know, throw the game on. And I grew up in a Giants, a New, New York Giants um, household. You know, I remember the Super Bowl in 2007, and I believe it was 2011 or 12, <laughs> don't quote me. You know, screaming, jumping up and down, yeah, beat the Patriots. Um, but when I was in ninth or 10th grade in high school, um, I came across Drew Brees' uh, memoir that he wrote about it's called uh, coming back stronger and i do enjoy reading so i was like you know what let me give this book a shot right and i read it and i fell in love with his philosophy and his mindset because for those of you who might not know um drew Brees is the quarterback of the new orleans saints he is probably one of my like top athletic role models and just a role model in general right and he used to play for the san diego chargers before he went to New Orleans to play, right. and he tore his rotary cuff after recovering oh. a um, fumble when he played for the Chargers, completely tore it, and oh, he wow. had to go no. through surgery. And this was around the time that Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana, yeah. so when he and his wife Brittany were um, kind of like looking at different options for right. franchises to pick him up, they saw the devastation, and they just kind of fell in love with the, the city, and it was most it was kind of like it was a meant to be thing yeah. and so he you know feel, felt the city gave him a chance so you know of course he took a chance on the city right and from then you know i can remember watching him win the super bowl and holding his son who's now about like nine years old but his son Balin, wow. oh. like and i just remember being in awe thinking like what a great person right. that deserves this and from then on, I just became a Saints fan, you know, came, became very passionate about, you know, Drew Brees especially, and, you know, the mindset that he conveys to his teammates. Right. And I follow him on so, or, um, the Saints, like, uh, social media, right. and he gives, like, a pre-game, like, a pep talk each yeah. week. And, like, stuff like that really will, like, hype me up, like, before I run, personally, I'll, like, listen to, like, motivational stuff, or, right. you know, like... Stuff that can kind of get you hyped and ready. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, um, he does that every game, and he's just very you know about the community and giving back. So I think I really fell in love with his philosophy, and I really respected him, you know, right. as an athlete. And that just kind of gravitated over. You know, I'll still watch any game on TV, <laughs> but I got my Saints jersey on usually. And from then on, I just became a fan. I actually had the opportunity. I went down to watch a game last December with some of my teammates, and it is so cool. <laughs> the Mercedes-Benz Superdome is so loud when they come out, but it was just so much fun. And you right. can really see how the city is so passionate about that team and right. the camaraderie and the drivenness. It's refreshing. It's different. So... No really rhyme or reason, you know, no one in my family that I know of is a Saints fan except myself, but, so when I meet other Saints fans, I'm like, no way, you know, <laughs> because they're very rare, but um, that's really the story behind, um, right. you know, I'm not a bandwagoner just jumping on, you know, I've been loyal to them for many years now, and, you know, it's yep. just more, came from a book, you know, I 
kind of was drawn towards that and his philosophy. So, you know, like, uh, you know, reading up on his stats, he's, what, is he third all-time in pass, passing, was it yards, um, total yards or passing completions? He's, he's about to pass, he's about to catch up to Manning yeah. at some point, but I, I don't remember what, what category he's going to be. Uh, I think he's fourth in that right now because yeah. he and Brady are neck and neck. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we, we learned a lot about, you know, Jen today, uh, her, her academic, you know, professional, athletic, and just, uh, you know, her mindset about her passions and interests uh, throughout her life. And we learned about her family and her, you know, future, future aspirations. Um, is there anything you want to say to the listeners and do you want to plug in any social media or any, you know, information that you think people should check out? No, sure. Well, you know, I thank you very much for the opportunity. Of course. You know, and for anyone listening, thank you so much for hearing my story. You know, life yeah. is a story and it exactly. is an adventure. You know, if anything I could leave you guys with is your dreams are totally possible. Exactly. Because there's no one telling you no except yourself. Right. So, obviously, you know, there's a realistic aspect to it, but... Just because no one's ever done it before doesn't mean that it can't be done. Right. So keep driving, keep striving for everything. If something's difficult, it's meant to be difficult for you. Because if it was easy, it really wouldn't be worth it. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you can totally follow me on Instagram. I'm at jhelonia17. And my Facebook, I think, is just jenhelonia. But I usually put more, like, track-based stuff on Facebook. Uh, different, like, motivational videos. I'll be having a video come out now within a couple of months to kind of right. get me ready for the season. But I'm putting, like, clips together right now. But, you know, other than that, just keep striving for what you want. And just know that each person does grow up with the hope of being something special. And you are special at the end of the day. Well, you know, Jen, that was well said. Uh, Thank you. I'll plug in the the handles and the other information on the website at therewindingminute.com. You know, thanks for tuning in. Uh, This has been, you know, another episode, episode 9 of episode i've lost track of what episode it's it's just uh it's it's been a grind for a whole month so uh whatever episode this is you'll you'll know because it's going to be in the title but uh thank you for tuning in thanks jen thank you listen to the rewinding minute with leon sheck only on spotify and anchor